If Maryland does this one thing, they will beat Virginia. You are Locked On Turks, your daily podcast on the Maryland Turks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everyone? I'm Trey Moore, host of Locked On Terps, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for making us part of your day. And save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using Locked On at checkout at jacemedical.com. If Maryland runs the ball against Virginia, they win. I was looking through Virginia's past games of the year. I went back and watched all of them. I watched all the replays of Virginia versus Tennessee, Virginia versus JMU. And I went to see what the Maryland Terrapins can do well and able to beat them and what we can take advantage of. They've lost both of those games, so I knew there was going to be some things that we could do, some things that we could throw into the game plan. And the takeaway is it's pretty simple. All we need to do is run the ball. I've talked about the last couple of episodes. I said Roman Hemby needs more touches. Every game I think I've said that. And this is the game to give it to Roman Hemby. Let me go through some of the things that um, against Tennessee, some of the run stats that they had. Obviously, Tennessee, kind of similar to us. Really big-time quarterback Joe Milton, huge arm. You think Tennessee, you think spread offense, you think a bunch of screen games, a bunch of deep balls, and just spreading it out all over the place and letting their quarterback make plays. When you think of Maryland right now, you think of it as a similar way. But Tennessee put their normal identity behind them, and they decided to run the ball 52 times. Yes, they ran the ball 52 times, and what did they do? Throw the ball only 33 times. It's okay to change your style, which Maryland hasn't done a lot of, which kind of disappoints me sometimes, to match up with the team. But they did not only run the ball a ton. They ran the ball really well. There was a reason Tennessee kept going back to the run game against Virginia. They ran the ball 52 times for 287 yards and five touchdowns. Tennessee's leading rusher, Jalen Wright, had 12 carries, for 115 yards with an average of 9.6 per carry. So what does that tell me? Virginia could not stop the run against Tennessee at all. They kept pounding it. They kept going back to it. And the thing was, they're rushing. It wasn't like there was one rush for like 70 yards to make it an outlier and make the stats a little bit um, skewed. It wasn't like that at all. Their long was for 21. So they just kept banging them for six yards, seven yards, five yards, whenever they wanted throughout the game. So Maryland doesn't need to come in and overcomplicate things against Virginia. Even their backup running back ran the ball really well. 13 carries for 67 yards with an average of 5.2 yards per carry. So that's what exactly what I think Maryland needs to do I understand we like throwing the ball we rarely ever run the ball more than we throw it and maybe it's a little bit more entertaining for the fans to watch Talia throw the ball all over the place but I think we got to take what Tennessee has done and take what also James Madison has done and run the ball against Virginia because they haven't proven to be able to stop it look at what JMU did 
They also ran the ball more times than they passed against against Virginia. And they won the game. JMU isn't a super talented team. That's not a power five team. But JMU is able to upset Virginia because they ran the ball well. 34 times for 167 yards with an with an average of almost five yards per carry. Their leading r- rusher, Tyson Lawton, on JMU had eight carries for 79 yards, averaging 9.9 yards per carry. If James Madison's offensive line could create those type of run holes and run the ball that many times and do it pretty efficiently, then there's no reason that Maryland shouldn't do that in their game plan, and that shouldn't be exactly what we're planning to do because it's clear that Virginia, I just went through the stats of the first two games, they cannot stop the run. Let me give you another stat if you think that's not enough. Virginia's defense ranks 123 out of 132 FBS teams in run defense giving up an average of 5.3 yards per carry. Did you hear that? I'll read it again. They rank number 123 out of 130 FBS teams in run defense, giving up an average of 5.3 yards per carry. If we don't run the ball against Virginia and we don't run the ball well, I'm going to be concerned. First of all, I'll be concerned about our game plan and how – how we aren't attacking teams' weaknesses exactly and what exactly are we doing if we don't run the ball against them. I'll be concerned about our offensive line if we're not able to average over 4.9. I think we should be able to average at least 5. JMU averaged basically 5 yards per carry. Tennessee got to 5, over 5 yards per carry. So I'm thinking if we can't do it against Virginia, we're not going to be able to do it against anybody in in the Big Ten, for sure, especially against some of the D-lines that we go against. They're just going to be better. If so, this is a chance for Talia to not have any pressure on him and to put it all on the running back room. And Roman Hemby, Antoine Littleton has a chance to have a um, a get-back game. Antoine Littleton hasn't played very well so far this year. This is his chance to get a get-back game. Colby McDonald has played really well this year, especially last game against Charlotte. Provide a spark. This is a chance for our running back room to lead. It doesn't always have to be Talia in the passing game. It's okay if we only pass the ball for 200 yards and we run the ball for 200 yards too. That's okay. It might not be as flashy. It might not be as pretty, but the way Roman Hemby has been running the ball last game when he had over 160 yards with 19 carries, there's no reason that he shouldn't be getting the ball anyway. Even if Virginia's run defense was in the top 25 in college football, Roman Hemby needs more carries and Virginia's defense is terrible against the run. There's no reason that we should do anything else. I want to see us run them ball more than we pass because clearly that has been successful against Virginia. And if we do that, I guarantee we win the game. Tony Musket is expected to start against Maryland. Is this good or bad? I'll tell you after this message from Jace Medical. 
Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you would have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication, delivery, and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Save more than 360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional $20 off by using Locked On College at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's jacemedical.com, promo code Locked On College. Tony Musket is starting for UVA. This is a great thing for the Terps. I'm glad Musket is starting. If you're not familiar with Tony Musket, he is a transfer from Monmouth. He transferred from Virginia from Monmouth. Hasn't had a ton of Power 5 experience. Hasn't had any except for his first game against Tennessee. Had good seasons with Monmouth. I was looking it up. I was going through the stats. Had over 150 rating pretty much year in and year out at Monmouth. 2021 had 25 touchdowns to only six interceptions. And then another year he had seven touch, 17 touchdowns to eight interceptions. But why do I rather play Musket over their other player that we'll get into in a second? I think Musket is a solid player. I've read the article by UVA Medias and this is what they kind of basically say. You know in the NFL when they talk about quarterbacks that are good players, but they just don't have elite traits, elite arm strength, elite speed. They don't have any game-changing type of ability. There's not a whole lot of special with them. Guys like Ryan Tannehill or a Derek Carr or a Kirk Cousins. Players that are good quarterbacks, but they just don't have a whole lot of special that's kind of what they say Tony Musket is, which isn't a bad thing, I think, when you have an uber-talented team. But Virginia is not very talented right now. They don't have a ton, especially their offensive line. So I think when you just put someone back there that just is just kind of average in terms of traits and athleticism and won't make a whole lot of plays outside the pocket, at, honestly, I think works in favor of, of the Terps. This is what the Virginia people say. Obviously, I had to do some research because I don't know a ton about him. He throws the accurate deep ball. He goes through his progressions well. But we don't really have anything to worry about with Musket out there. I think our defense should be able to play well against him. We should be able to get stops against him. We should be able to get to him with how bad their offensive line has played. I've watched the games. Their offensive line isn't good. It's worse than Maryland's offensive line by a lot. I thought our line had troubles, but our line doesn't have troubles compared to what Virginia has. So he's not going to be able to escape and make a ton of plays. He's not going to make a ton of plays outside the pocket. He's going to make. He's going to really want to sit in there and go through progressions. He's not going to burn us with the deep ball. I don't think, even though they said he has a nice deep ball, I don't think he's going to burn us with the deep ball or power throws outside the numbers. He's not that type of talent. He wants to chase, He wants to just go through production, take the four-yard curl, take the eight-yard slant, maybe occasionally take, take a deep threat to one of his big body wide receivers. 
But other than that, he's not going to make a ton of plays. So I don't see us having a ton of trouble with him unless, unless if we make a, a mistake, he will take advantage of it. That's what he'll do. If we make a mistake on defense, just like remember Jaquan Shepard taking a gamble against Charlotte and it not paying off, and you look at Charlotte and they have a 70-yard touchdown because Jaquan Shepard tried to jump a little out route, I think it was, and his guy goes deep for over 50 yards. If we don't do that, then we should be in a good spot. But if we start doing things like that, he'll take advantage of it. I'm pretty sure he can read a defense well. He's experienced coming from Monmouth. But at the same time, I'm like, how experienced really is he? He hasn't really gotten the Big Ten defenses or the Power Five defenses. And we have some NFL players on our defense. So he hasn't seen much of that. Obviously, he saw it against Tennessee, but he hasn't seen it a lot against us. So honestly, I'm not scared of Musket and what he brings. But the player that started against James Madison and the player that I think is a little bit more scary, and I would not be surprised if he still if he still sees time, even though their head coach Tony Elliott says that he um, that Tony Musket is the starter. The player that does scare me is their freshman quarterback Anthony Colandria. I think he poses more problems for the Terps. He can make some plays. I watched him against James Madison, and I was like, I was amazed. I was like, wow. It was big throw after a big throw. He kept them in that game. His stat line was crazy. I'll read it in a second. But he's got a big arm, and he's clearly more talented than Musket. It's not really close. He's a dual threat. He can make plays outside the pocket. He can make plays inside the pocket. But like I said, his arm is live. He's got a live arm. I don't want to say he's an NFL type of arm. He's a freshman, but Virginia's got their quarterback for the next couple of years. That's for sure. This year's been disappointing for Virginia, but they got their quarterback with that guy. But I'm glad that Musket is starting because I think this is kind of how I see it. If your team's not that talented, your offensive line is not that talented, Your their wide receiver group is decent, their backs are okay, but the groups overall in their offense side isn't that talented. If you put another quarterback that can't really extend plays, that can't really make plays happen, then how much is he really going to be able to do against a Big Ten defense? I don't think a lot. But if you put a guy back there that maybe is more raw but has more talent, can make bigger throws, maybe it's a little bit more risky, but you have to take risks to win. So that's kind of how I see it with their quarterback, Anthony. This is a quote from UVA's SB Nation. Colandria thrives most when he's able to extend plays and buy time to improvise. He's clearly more talented than Musket, but also less polished. So it's exactly what I said. He's a less polished player, but I think he does give them a better chance to beat us because I don't think Colandria is going to be able to make enough plays against our defense, game-changing plays, to have any chance at beating us. And this is what Coach Loxley said about him their freshman quarterback. Yeah, he's a little bit like a young Leah. He's one of those guys that extends plays he continues to. He doesn't give up on plays. You saw him make some big plays for them against JMU. See, 
all the quotes and everything I'm reading, it sounds like the freshman quarterback should be starting. So I'm not convinced that he won't play. I almost can ensure you that he'll play a little bit. This seems 0-2. I don't know what else they're fighting for. I don't know what else they're looking for. If you have a talented freshman that's way more talented than your starting transfer senior, then there's no reason he shouldn't play, especially they don't want to risk him going somewhere because that kid will get a lot of attention in the transfer portal if if he doesn't work out at Virginia. So I would start that kid right away, but I don't want to talk too much about what Virginia should do. I'm talking about that. I'm glad that it's a good thing for the Maryland's defense to start Musket. Let me go through – Anthony's stat line against JMU, the freshman, this is what he did. 20 of 26. All right, you think 20 of 26, you think a good day, right? For 377 yards in the ACC freshman of the week. Of the week. Their loss against James Madison wasn't, a, wasn't because of him at all. And this is what Musket did against Tennessee. 9 for 17, 94 yards. Obviously, Tennessee, JMU, two completely different teams. Tennessee's the top 12 team in the country. They were the 12th ranked team in the country at the time they played Virginia. And JMU isn't even close to being that quality of a team. But at the end of the day, I think it's better for the Maryland's defense to play musket and to get the guy that can make less plays outside the pocket. I think we're in a good spot with musket starting over the freshman Anthony Colandria overall so i'm glad and i think we could do some good thing against calling against musket excuse me but let's give you a quick recruiting update there's a lot going on in the recruiting world especially with the 2025 class i'll tell you about it after this ad from the game time and a quick message from locked on College football season is here, and this season Locked On is kicking up your coverage with Locked On College Football Kickoff Live. Each Friday, Locked On will go live from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on every Locked On College YouTube channel. College Football Kickoff Live will cover playoff implications, the conference rivalry games, and go in depth like only Locked On can, including insight and analysis from our stable of Locked On College hosts covering their team every day. Find Locked On College Football Kickoff Live every Friday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on any Locked On College YouTube channel. You won't want to miss it. Have you ever wanted to go to a game at the last minute like a Maryland Terrapins game, but finding tickets is hard? I have been there before. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is a fast, easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer, with killer deals on last-minute tickets on their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem Locked On College for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guarantee. Let's give you a quick recruiting update. I haven't been able to do a ton of them, but I think it's important, and I wanted to add it into the last segment today because there are some big news going on. Ernest Willer, 2024, high four-star, highest guy on Maryland's 2024 board still, very much in the mix on three, thinks Maryland's a favorite, rival thinks Ohio State. Choice, I would expect 
should be coming soon, maybe after the season, maybe during the season. I'm not exactly sure exactly what his timeline is, but I would expect his his recruitment and his commitment to be coming soon. He was a five-star at one point. It would be one of the biggest recruits Coach Loxley has ever gotten. So that could be a huge play for Maryland. Jalen Harvey, the other 2024 player, another edge. His top three was Terps, Penn State, USC, but it looks like Penn State is still trending towards Jalen Harvey. A lot of people got excited because he pushed his commitment back, so they thought Maryland or USC was in the mix now because Penn State was the favorite before, but now it looks like he, um, Penn State, again, is trending towards him. But the Terps are definitely in the mix. They're in the top three, so maybe we can make up some ground. But he's a high four-star guy, 2024 class, a guy that we would absolutely need. And if we could pair him and Ernest Willer, then it would be Maryland's best class by far, so far in Coach Loxley's best recruiting class. But if we just got Ernest Willer, I'd be happy. If we just got Jalen Harvey, I would be happy to end the 2024 class. And it still might be Coach Loxley's best class and then let's get into some of the 2025 class. It start um, being familiarized ourselves with those names and giving you guys some of those guys. Tariq Hire, 2025, four-star cornerback, top 150 player, has made a lot of different visits to Maryland. He goes to St. John's in D.C., and he visited again against Charlotte. Four-star guy, like I said, top 150 player, number one player in D.C., depending on where you look. Could be a huge pickup for the Terps, exactly what we need. Another cornerback, you can't have enough of those guys. Really good overall player, a guy that I definitely want to add to 2025 class. Cortez Harris, 2025, high four-star, out of the DMV area. One website had, it looked like Virginia Tech is the favorite right now, but who really knows what's the 2025s? It's still really early, but they said followed by, on three, said followed by Maryland. And you'll notice with these 2025s, there's a lot of four-star guys we're in the mix for. If we can somehow come together and recruit well, we have a chance for the 2025 class to be the best class in the Coach Loxley era, and it might not be close, but we got to see how it comes together. And then you look at Cortez Harris. Um, uh, no, I just named Cortez, excuse me. Iverson Howard, four-star running back. Maryland favor on on three for him. Same school as Jalen Harvey. Some websites think West Virginia or Michigan, but like I said, four-star running back and on three has us as the favorite. So we'll see. Um, we have a ton of running backs. So I'm not like as worried about recruiting the running back position. Well, I think you can get good players at three stars. Roman Hemby was a two star on rivals. I think more, I really want pretty much every other position, wide receivers and running back. I'm less worried about, but everything else, offensive line, defensive line, linebacker, corner, every position on defense, I would like to see us recruit well and quarterback, especially, and that brings me to our number one priority in the 2025 class, in Malik Washington. I've seen him play live, four-star QB from Spalding, can replace Talia, a guy who can start right away and bring interest and competition in that quarterback room. He's exactly what we need. 6'3", great athlete, Spalding, four-star. Everyone's going to start to want him, but he's definitely trending up. I would love to see Maryland be able to get him. I think Coach Loxie has a chance. With what he's done with Talia, I wouldn't be surprised if he's able to land Malik Washington. Jeff Exenor out of McDonough, a name to keep an 
an eye out for a four-star wide receiver, 6'3", big body, can make plays, and Maryland is definitely in the mix for him. So you can tell the 2025 class, ton of four stars on the board. Can we turn out a top 25 class? I would love to see that happen and see the Maryland program continue to go in the right direction and get a ton of DMV kids. Derek Queen, now on to basketball, five-star Derek Queen. I don't know if it's all amazing news about Derek Queen. Maryland was like 100% on every website for five-star power forward Derek Queen. But it looks like Indiana has gotten in the mix. Maryland's still a favorite on most websites, but Indiana's definitely in the mix and was the favorite on one of the websites. I can't, I will not be able to stand losing out on Derek Queen. I just wouldn't be able to. It would hurt me. It would hurt my soul. We have to land Derek Queen. But on the bright side, Matthew Hodge, another four-star power forward, 6'8". Looks like Maryland's in the lead for him. All-around power forward, four-star guy, can shoot really well. For can stretch the four, stretch the floor at the four spot. So it looks like we're in the lead for him. So he could be another guy. Him and Derek Queen, if we beat bringing both those guys to the power forward position, could be perfect for the Terps. And then Jaden Mustaf looks like he's trending in a different direction. I had hoped that we could land him. His dad was a Terp, and I kind of thought we were going to be able to land Jaden Mustaf. But also Kahani Ruth, who I also thought we were second behind Georgia in. It looks like he's trending in a different direction. But we'll see what happens. Overall, that's recruiting news. Thanks for listening to Locked on Terps. Please like and subscribe. And I'll see you next time tomorrow. We'll get into the Maryland-Virginia game and more into it. And we'll look at the, the line of the game and if Maryland will cover. So make sure you like and Look out for that. But see you next time on Locked on Turp.